nursing industry is one of the fastest growing career forces in the world today. There are so many issues in the healthcare field these days relating to nurses that simply are not discussed in the media. Welcome to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with Leanne Meyer. Our program will help you with the most relevant information if you're in the nursing field or are planning to enter the industry. Now, here is your host, Leanne Meyer. Welcome back to the show uh, today. I am so happy to be able to um, uh, introduce the people that are going to be on the show today. Uh, first of all, our show is sponsored by Women in Healthcare, which is also what my guests today are here to discuss. So they promote the professional development of women in the healthcare industry. I have recently discovered them and they are fantastic. Their banner is on my host page at voiceamerica.com then health and wellness. Uh, currently, uh, if, if you would like to go ahead and check out their information. Also, uh, currently, they are promoting a lead hership council and two webinars that are coming soon. The first is preventing workplace burnout March 17th from 12 to 1 Eastern Standard Time. Uh, actually, I think that will be daylight time uh, by that time. And then the second is the state of the health care industry. So to learn more or to register, go to www.womeninhealthcare.org. So our, our title today is Women in Healthcare, Finally Cheerleaders. So depending on who you ask... There are about 20.7 million nurses worldwide, and this is according to the uh, World Health Organization, uh, their stats report for 2018. Then if we add all the women who are in healthcare-related fields like x-ray, respiratory care, administration, and, and so many more, what if all of these women were working together to help one another <clears throat> become major leaders at the healthcare decision-making table. I think what would happen is that the world would have a phenomenal group of women ready to make a better life for every child, woman, and man in the world. My guest today is Ashley Schmidt, the president and founder of Women in Healthcare, and Joyce Durham, who is a board member, and they are here to tell us exactly what they are doing to make all of this happen, at least in the USA, for now. So, um, Ashley, could you uh, share a little bit just so people can get your voice about your bio and how did you get to be involved in women in healthcare? Sure. Thanks, Leanne. Um, so, my background is not within the hospital environment, which is ironic for someone who started an organization called Women in Healthcare. Um, mm -hmm. Rather... When I was younger and growing up, I kind of always knew that I wanted to do something that made an impact and didn't have it in me to, you know, go through the schooling or to see blood, <laughs> to actually be within the hospital environment. Um, and I knew I was good at business, and that is not historically something we think of when we think of the greater good, right? You know, generally, right. we, us business folks get that bad rap. And I wound up um, over the course of several different careers finding myself in healthcare architecture doing strategy. And when I did, I realized that there was so much business to be had in the healthcare environment that would overall benefit the way that we deliver healthcare. And so I sort of fell in love with 
the idea of the healthcare industry and everything about it, right? I just wanted to, I wanted to absorb all, everything about community health and population health and policy and all that good stuff. And as I was doing that, it started to escalate in my career, and my organization at the time had nominated me to attend an industry-related event um, called Our Future Leaders. And this was a, um, a all-day leadership training for healthcare individuals where your organization had to put you forward in order to attend. Mm-hmm. There were 150 people in that room and five women and the five women all wound up kind of sitting together and saying, really, is this the future of healthcare? Are these the future leaders? Is it that there's five women in the room and the rest are men? Right. And that was exactly right. Uh, this was several years ago now, but at the time, the statistic was over 80% of the workforce of healthcare is women, mm-hmm. but less than, at that time, 12% of the leadership was. And that mm-hmm. was just a completely shocking and staggering statistic to me. So that's kind of how I came to be so passionate about this cause is because I am passionate about equality. I am passionate about healthcare, and you pair the two together, and I know that we can make a a huge difference, and Mm -hmm. I want to see more women at the top. I absolutely agree with you, and that's one of the reasons why I'm so excited to do this show. Um, I'd also like to bring in uh, Joyce Durham. Could you also tell a little bit about your uh, background and then how you got in uh, contact or in connection with this women in healthcare? Sure. Thank you, Leanne. So um, my background is probably the exact opposite of Ashley's because I started <laughs> out in healthcare. Um, I was uh, started out as a nurse, and I was working on a surgical unit where we also took care of kidney transplant patients, which was very advanced at that time. And um, we were building a new hospital, and I was asked to join our transition committee to help facilitate the move from the old to the new. So I remember going on a very early tour of the new facility, and I was just shocked at the design, thought, really, oh my gosh, this doesn't reflect how we practice at all. And so Mm -hmm. it was just, and then resulting the transition planning was difficult because we had to kind of make workarounds and it just really didn't reflect the way we delivered care to our patients. So that sparked my interest in architecture. And I decided at that time, um, I was pursuing a master's in nursing. I said, you know, I'm going to wait for a minute and think this through. And I decided to pursue a degree in architecture. Interesting. So from there, I worked for about about 30 years in um, the facility planning, hospital facility planning area, um, sometimes in consulting firms, sometimes with architectural firms, and um, really doing all the front-end planning for hospitals primarily. So, and Ashley and I were both, um, see, when we first met, um, I was president of the Nursing Institute for Healthcare Design. And Ashley asked if we could collaborate between the two organizations. And so we did a little work with that. And then subsequently, we ended up at the same firm. Mm, which, okay. um, yeah, so we were colleagues. And then from there, she had known me and obviously asked me to join the board to really work on help with the content, which is really our, our webinar program. So that's how I got involved. Um, in terms of 
why I think it's important. I mean, interestingly, you know, nursing and architecture are very different professions, but for women, they have kind of the same problems or issues. And um, both of those disciplines, there's very little educational training in the core curriculum on leadership or research or management skills. So those are things that are really somewhat lacking in our educational programs. But at the same time, those programs are evolving. And, you know, it's a need that we have as both nurses and architects in the healthcare realm to really um, improve our leadership skills and, you know, acquire management skills and, mm-hmm. you know, really techniques to move our career forward. So this is exactly what, you know, our colleagues and women in healthcare, we help each other achieve those goals. Right. And especially to be able to be seen by those people who do move uh, individuals forward. It's it's almost always networking or who do you know, as we've known that for years and years and years. But women seem to be less adept at putting themselves in that place of most opportunity or most, I think a lot of people in uh, my age group sort of waited for that tap on the shoulder for the next move forward. So if you didn't have somebody who could see that or could then encourage you to do it, you were just, you stayed where whatever level you were at. So Ashley, could you flesh this out a little bit better for us and tell us about this organization, how old it is, what it's all about, and, and just kind of uh, share with us what, what somebody would expect if they were coming into this organization? Yeah, so we're actually a fairly young organization. We really just incorporated in 2016. Uh, we thought we would just be a group of D.C., Maryland-based women coming together to kind of face some of these challenges we've been discussing. Um, And once we got started, it just sort of exploded, right? We had people from across the country reaching out and saying that they wanted to have a chapter in their region. Um, People were just reaching out saying they wanted to be members. I mean, it was truly a testament to what we stood for, that by kind of this organic growth, people were just coming to us wanting, I would love to say it was some grand strategy, (laughs) people (laughs) were coming to us and saying that they needed to have women in healthcare in their region or, you know, somehow in their lives. And I, I attribute a lot of that back to what we did when we were getting started. And when we first, that five group of women that were sitting around the table saying, is this really the leader, the future of healthcare? We all said, you know what, we need to start making change. And so we went out and we spoke with hundreds of women to better understand, hundreds of women throughout healthcare, to better understand what was really in their eyes keeping them from elevating to the top. And really everything that we got back fell into the, the same four buckets. And those four buckets has been what we've based women in healthcare around and I think why we've been so successful. And those were, um, unfortunately, you know, we all know healthcare is really complex, right? There's a lot of different facets and expertise playing together. So clinical operations plays somehow into healthcare IT, which, you know, somehow plays into the facility, which somehow plays into policy and, you know, how are we building to respond, right? Like all of this stuff does play together. And a lot of women came back on our survey saying, you know, 
in order to be a leader, I'd need to understand all of these things. Mm-hmm. So they were really diminishing what they did know, very likely, and really overestimating what they would need to know to go into position. And there are stats that back this up. Um, there have been studies done around um, when a woman and a man look at a resume, a, a job description, a woman will need to meet 80% of the job description in order to apply, mm-hmm. and a male will need to meet 30%. Wow. And so this is just kind of a reflection of, of, of what we were hearing was that women were feeling like in order to move into leadership, they would need to know everything, right? And so we took two things away from this. One thing we said was we want to provide healthcare education. So we want to provide a really broad spectrum of healthcare education for everybody. And we think it's going to benefit everybody in what they do because ultimately it's perspective, right? So, you know, you might be in healthcare facilities, but does it hurt for you to learn about emergency preparedness and community Mm -hmm. health and how those impact what you do, right? So the other part of what we wanted to really be was women in healthcare, not women in healthcare IT or women in healthcare life sciences or whatever, because there's so much to be said for, you know, honing your craft and going into an organization that's focused on just what you do. And that's fantastic, right? You, you take your expertise level from 101 to 201 to 301 and beyond. Mm-hmm. But there's also a lot to be said for just the reason that we want to see, you know, one of the reasons we want to see women at the top is for perspective and that diversity mm-hmm. of perspectives around a table. And so we want to be an organization that has all walks of life in healthcare. So we have anything from students to C-suite. We have anything from clinicians to vendors, right, or IT or community health or policy or insurers. We've got a whole spectrum of women within the organization, and we all learn from each other, right? So when we have these, when the chapter puts on a panel and an event, um, and we have a really great collaboration and discussion, you're hearing perspectives from individuals who don't come from your walk of life, and you learn from that, right? And so Mm -hmm. that was one of the main, really important things that we wanted to implement. The second thing that we got back from this survey was professional development aspects of their career. You know, like we were talking about these leadership skills, these management skills, um, you know, we got, a, we got feedback around individuals who didn't know how to build a team, did, were changing from being in the clinical side to the operations side, didn't even know how to negotiate their salary in this realm, um, people who are managing generations who are much older than them and felt like they weren't being taken seriously, lots of perspective that we said we really needed to focus on some of those leadership and management skills that Joyce brought up because those are crucial to kind of building and, and evolving oneself. Um, the third thing that we thought was shocking was 75% of our respondents got back to say that they'd never had a mentor, didn't know where to find mm. one, and didn't see an opportunity for one within their organization. And again, you know, studies are conclusive, right? It is overwhelming how important a mentor and a sponsor can be for our career, both male and female. And with 75% of respondents coming back and saying they didn't have one or hadn't had one, we knew we needed to be a community. We knew we needed to provide a mentorship opportunity for individuals. Um, And so that is one of the major things we set out to do with the organization was to be 
a community where individuals could go and find both organically and formally a mentor. And the fourth thing that we got back overwhelmingly is kind of that age-old tale of work-life balance, you know, everyone kind of coming back and saying, I have my family, I have my work, I have my, you know, 92 other things that I do because I'm the most overextended human ever because that's what women do, right? We enroll in Mm -hmm. all the things. We help out everybody. And what we heard from that was a whole lot of I serve everyone else. Right, mm-hmm. I'm serving my employer, I'm serving my family, I'm serving my life. Let's spend some time serving oneself and not make it such a dirty word or make it feel guilty to be a little bit selfish, right? To build on that foundation that's you. Um, so maybe, you know, our Portland and Denver um, chapters will do Saturday morning hikes or Maryland and D.C. will do sunset yoga or something to that effect where it gives you an opportunity to work on mind, body, and soul, right? You know, you have your community, you're surrounded by your community, but you also get to just unwind. And so it was a combination of those four things that really got our chapters started. And that is why we've, I think we've seen a lot of great success on empowering the individual, which is one of the things we focus on. And I can Um, talk more about how the national organization has not only focused on empowering the individual, but working with organizations to break down the barriers that exist organizationally. But the chapters, I think, really started to expand and grow because of those four pillars and because that resonated Mm -hmm. with people and it truly was their perspective that was informing what we do. Fantastic. This is actually a really good place for us to take a break. So I think we're going to go ahead and do that. This is Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, Exploring the World of Nursing. I'm Leanne Meyer, and today I'm here with Ashley Schmidt, who is the founder and president of Women in Healthcare, and Joyce Durham, who is a board member. And we've been talking about how we can promote women through the ranks uh, to have a place at the table uh, in healthcare. We'll be right back. to Voice America Health and Wellness. Now there's a new destination for video content, voiceamerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7. VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. WomenInHealthcare.org, a national nonprofit, is our newest partner at Once a Nurse. It is among the most rapidly growing professional development groups for women in healthcare today. Through healthcare education, professional development, mentorship, community, and a focus on self, the organization empowers women with the tools needed to advance their careers. They use initiatives to break down barriers within organizations and equip women with the tools needed to open a powerful force for gender parity. 80% of the healthcare workforce is female, with nurses a massive majority of that percentage. But less than 20% of leadership is female. Join womeninhealthcare.org as they help all women of all ages and all levels rise up. Use code HEALTHPROS to receive $50 off the annual membership fee and receive discounted pricing for events, free resources, webinars, and a substantial discount for our annual Leadership Summit on October 22, 2020. WomenInHealthcare.org. 
to be where you want to be in the world of healthcare. Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has a mobile app for iOS, Android, or Amazon Kindle. Visit the Apple App Store, Amazon, or Google Play to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to leannevoiceamerica at gmail.com. Now, back to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Welcome back, and thanks for uh, joining us again. This is Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, Exploring the World of Nursing. And our topic today is women in healthcare. Finally, we have cheerleaders. So my guests are Ashley Schmidt, who is the president and founder of the organization Women in Healthcare, and Joyce Durham, who is a board member of the same organization. So we've just been talking about overall how Ashley came to the point of wanting to help women um, coming from a an architectural background, and then Joyce coming from a nursing background and going into architecture, um, realizing that the two fields have a lot of the same... And I'm sure many more industries are having the same problem where women just are not given or uh, shown the way of what it is that they need to have in order to be able to progress uh, in the hierarchy of of the organization. So, Ashley, um, you were just about to talk about chapters uh, within this organization of women in healthcare. Say a little bit more about that. What, What does a chapter look like? So our chapters are all part of the Women in Healthcare Affiliation. Uh, they are they we have nine official chapters across the country, and by the end of this year, we'll have fifteen and several others coming on board. Um, they are independently governed uh, by their own board of directors, and they abide by kind of the Women in Healthcare vision, mission, and bylaws, and all that good stuff. Um, but the national group, those chapter groups are really meant to be that community, that in-person mm-hmm. network that you can lean on, call on, you know, ask questions of, go and do that networking in-person kind of oppor- opportunities. Um, they produce panels. They produce um you know, the, the self piece I was talking about, like, so those yogas or whatever. Um, they do a series of networking and professional development trainings. Um, so they're, they're, they really create their own agenda to abide with kind of the women in healthcare um, um, guardrails, you know, what our tracks are. Uh, but each chapter is a little bit different. But the benefit is, as a women in healthcare member, you're actually a member of all of the chapters. So if you lived somewhere like D.C., um, you could easily probably get to the D.C. chapter, the Maryland chapter, and the Central Virginia chapter. Um, 
you could go to any of them as a member and experience all the different kinds of programming and training and things like that, in addition mm-hmm. to all the things that National is putting out. Right. <clears throat> this is just such an amazing thing. It's one of the things, as I said, in my situation, I was waiting for that tap on the shoulder, and I many times did get that tap. But I saw so many very worthy people who weren't getting the tap and, and maybe not even putting out that they wanted to move to um, uh, a different area or a different way of being a part of healthcare. So to have other women, uh, I think we're more comfortable many times to really open up and say, I don't know about this. I need to learn about this. Maybe we're embarrassed, but you can't know what you don't know. So being able to have those opportunities to learn about dealing with conflict or, um, you know, one of the things that comes out to me is uh, a woman who, a nurse who was asked to sit in on a board meeting around uh, a topic of her um, department. And they were very happy to welcome her in and very pleasant to her, but they just talked over and around her. Nobody really wanted anything from her. And the idea was kind of almost the little pat on the head, nice little nurse, what could you possibly know about what we do? And that particular person decided that was it. She went in and did a master's in business so that she could come to the table with the language that they could hear. And for them to be able to recognize that she really did know what she was talking about. And in fact, by being at that front line, she was the person more uh, able to really deliver the impactful information they needed. Mm-hmm. So, Joyce, um, when we talk about chapters, can you think of uh, anybody or any experience of someone that you've heard of that was able to utilize uh, this organization. I know it's been a very short period of time so far, but um, who, sure. who can you share yeah. with us that, that benefit well, from this? Well, I'll give you one example. Um, a colleague of mine that is, was from Texas had relocated, and I saw her at a conference and asked how it's going, and she said, well, it was really hard to move to a new city, and you know, I, the job, I'm not, you know, it's, it's hard to learn everything, et cetera, et cetera. But she said one of the things she did was she joined women in healthcare. Ah. And she said all of a sudden I had friends and I had colleagues, and she said I really depended on them to tell me about the community and learn about the, the different organizations in the community and how to interact with people and just all the little things that make you feel at home and make you more comfortable in your job. So right. I think that's a huge um, benefit to some of our members. And especially to not have to learn those things by um, trial and error, uh, which can be very time-consuming and very um, exhausting. <laughs> So um, how about, Ashley, anything you'd like to share about um, someone that has really benefited uh, from this that they might not have been able to before? Well, you know, one of the things I think about um, with one of our purposes, right, I talked about how we're this broad spectrum of women, so you get the perspectives to do your own job, but it also exposes you to paths in healthcare you didn't know about, or maybe you knew but you didn't understand. Um, and I think that Joyce is a good example of like taking one path and then being able to build it mm-hmm. into another path, right? You know, everything you've learned to date is still valuable, but then mm-hmm. you can pivot and also take it in a new direction. And I myself am the recipient, right? I might have started the organization uh, 
to promote women. I prom- and then I helped myself too by being exposed <laughs> to all these incredible women um, mm-hmm. who over time, you know, we were sitting down with these amazing, you know, leaders, CEOs, COOs, and trying to figure out, trying to take everything I could from them and to understand how they got where they were. Mm-hmm. And every time I did, someone mentioned something to me that just like re- resonated in a new way and helped reshape the direction I wanted to go with healthcare. So I think that one of the cool things about being a part of all of this is it's not just building the role you're in, but it helps you for diversifying into other roles. And we've seen a lot of mm-hmm. recipients of that. A lot of our members um, go through this path, be exposed to new kinds of women, and learn about something they didn't really know existed. Um, I will say for me, like I went back to school because of a woman in the healthcare, right? That one of the women I met, and she encouraged me and inspired me, and I knew that I wanted to be back to school for healthcare management. So you know mm-hmm. that I think in I can think of so many stories of, of women in our group who have been through that, but I just think it's so valuable to be around others who get different aspects of what you do and what they do, and you compare them together to create something wonderful. Yes, and it's like that happens uh, so just organically, um, no matter who it is that you're connecting with. It just seems like as you uh, get together and share those ideas and realize, oh, that's another piece of the puzzle I didn't know I was missing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Talk, talk a little bit about the mentor program. I'm curious about that. I, I was in an organization that was really over 25 years built a relational organization. And one of the things that we did was um, uh, create a, a mentor program that included women very, very strongly. And people absolutely loved it, um, men and women, CEOs to the, um, I think we got down to probably about the um, management and uh, assistant manager kind of levels before I left. And then I, I, it uh, closed shortly after that. So the mentorship program is fantastic, but every chapter does do it a little bit differently because they they really are trying to base it off of who their group is and what they'll be responsive to. But ultimately, you know, there's a, a different, various different elements that they're looking to try to pair people together. So you would start with kind of the, the questionnaire of sorts. Someone would fill out a questionnaire, give you an understanding of where they want to go, who they are. Um, you'd have mentors and mentees fill that out. Um, generally it's followed up by like a speed dating, right, where you'd all be in the same room, you get a feel for Mm -hmm. chemistry, Um, you'd be able to kind of say, here are my top five choices or something like that. And then our mentorship program generally leaves and takes those top five choices and the application and really pairs them on what's best suited and provides them with a guidebook, right? Like so... You would have instructions for, you know, how often we'd like to see you meet, what are some touch points, provide some opportunities for you to come together at a program that's around a mentorship topic, um, and then really give them some guardrails. But we want them to set their objectives up front. We want them to meet. um, And then we want to have a close to the program, so we kind of do, Mm -hmm. you know, you almost get enrolled for the year, but people Mm -hmm. take these mentorships beyond that. Right. Um, I had a really fantastic mentee that I 
like just love following her life and she's a PA now in Virginia and she's just doing incredible things and we keep in touch and I follow her on Facebook, you know, all the good stuff. Mm-hmm. So we just stay in each other's lives. Um, right. And so that's one of the beautiful things about the formal program. But then there's also the kind of informal mentoring that happens when we do things like um, uh, Joyce with Dr. Helper. And I mean, at, at the, mm-hmm. the, the president of New York Presbyterian did a lunch with leadership for us and spoke on topics that I thought were fantastic. And while she might not have signed, you know, up to be any one person's mentor, I'm sure that day she mentored many of us, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think that there's a lot of those, like our C-suite panels that we do or our leadership groups that all do that. There's this informal mentoring that's going on as well that's beyond just the the formal sign-up for mentorship. Well, the other part of it, I think, is that you begin to learn, maybe because the other person is pointing out to you, that you know more than you give yourself credit for. And mm-hmm. so that also leads to the next step of you mentoring uh, formally or informally the next person in line. I was just talking to somebody who had been a previous host on my show, and she was talking about how she had a mentee that um, she'd had several years ago. And now just recently, that mentee was able to get her into her organization to do some of the training that she does for profit so it kind of came around full circle you just never know when those deep connections will come in handy I was surprised by the number of really impressive women who questioned whether or not they were a mentor Uh senior level people or you know very brilliant individuals that we'd say, hey, do you want to be a mentor to to our organization, to one of our mentees? And they said, I don't know if I'm a mentor status yet. You know, I feel like I'm still being mentored. Um, And I think that's actually the cool thing about women is that we always want to learn and we always feel we can and we can be better and grow. But we also need to recognize that at any point we can probably look back and reach our hand out and pull someone along with us. I keep thinking of the um, takes a village kind of thing. And uh, I think in terms of, you know, even with the micro economics, when they started doing that in low resource uh, countries, they found that if they gave money to the women and helped them learn how to develop a business or whatever, the entire um, tribe or the entire uh, city or village would gain from it. But if they gave that money to same amount of money to a man, um, he would often tend to build his own situation before looking out to see what else um, or who else he he might be able to help. And that's what I keep coming back to. I just think that the people that are attracted to nursing are those people who want to help in a major way. So you're a prime example of not necessarily nursing, but still having that that desire to be uh, an important part of, of the world we're living in and contributing to. Joyce, any thoughts about the mentoring? Have you had a mentor situation that was particularly helpful for you? Well, in my long career path, I probably had I had several mentors. It wasn't as formal as it is this program is. It's structured. Um, and they basically became my mentor, not by their choice, more by my choice. Uh-huh. So... And it was just kind of a new, a different era, I think. Um, I, I think the mentoring is, is really great as um, 
as Ashley mentioned earlier, so many women don't they have they wait till the doors open and someone invites mm-hmm. them to the next level as opposed to taking that step themselves. And really, right. I think with encouraging, much more encouraging, you know, and through and through mentoring, really gives people the um, self confidence to make those big steps. So I really believe in the program, and I, I think it's it's great that it's occurring now in a more structured manner than it was perhaps ten or twenty years ago. Right. There are really oh. two things that I think people sometimes. You know, a lot of people don't understand the difference between mentorship and sponsorship, um, Mm -hmm. and both are so crucial to your advancement that, you know, instead of waiting to be tapped, you know, you're creating the initiative. And I'm curious, you know, if if some of your listeners would know the difference between the mentorship and sponsorship and maybe the process between getting a mentor and the process between how do you find a sponsor. I think this is an excellent topic, and I want to give us a little more time. We're coming up against a break again. So let's just take a break here, and when we come back, we can talk about that topic in particular. So this is Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, Exploring the World of Nursing. I'm Leanne Meyer. Thank you so much for listening to our program today. We are talking with um, Ashley Schmidt, who is the president and founder of Women in Healthcare, and Joyce Durham, who is a board member. And um, we'll be right back in a couple minutes. Your life, your health, your network. This is Voice America Health and Wellness. Womeninhealthcare.org, a national nonprofit, is our newest partner at Once a Nurse. It is among the most rapidly growing professional development groups for women in healthcare today. Through healthcare education, professional development, mentorship, community, and a focus on self, the organization empowers women with the tools needed to advance their careers. They use initiatives to break down barriers within organizations and equip women with the tools needed to open a powerful force for gender parity. 80% of the healthcare workforce is female, with nurses a massive majority of that percentage. But less than 20% of leadership is female. Join womeninhealthcare.org as they help all women of all ages and all levels rise up. Use code HEALTHPROS to receive $50 off the annual membership fee and receive discounted pricing for events, free resources, webinars, and a substantial discount for our annual leadership summit on October 22, 2020. Womeninhealthcare.org to be where you want to be in the world of healthcare. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events 
to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. Listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. To reach the program today, please call 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to leannevoiceamerica at gmail.com. Now, back to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Welcome back uh, to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing. And thank you so much for joining us and staying with us. Uh, today's show is called uh, Women in Healthcare, Finally Cheerleaders. So my guests are Ashley Schmidt, who is the president and founder of Women in Healthcare, and Joyce Durham, who is a board member. Uh, we've been talking most recently about uh, mentoring and this uh, kind of um, somewhat formal and also informal way that um, people through women in healthcare can set up mentorships. The question came up from Ashley is how much people, women particularly, know the difference between a mentor and a sponsor. So Ashley, would you like to talk a little bit about that? Sure, yeah. I think that this is something that we get a lot through the organization is um, what is the difference between a mentor and a sponsor? And so a mentor is generally someone external to your organization. They can be internal to your organization, internal and external. And they are serving as kind of a career path guidance, maybe around a specific targeted area of expertise. You might want to better understand how to excel in, in one area. And you find a mentor who can kind of mentor you through that phase of life or through that stage in your career. A sponsor is actually strictly internal, and a sponsor is someone who will, when who has a seat at the table, and when your name comes up, is mm-hmm. willing to sing your praises. Yeah. And that person needs to understand you on a level much like a mentor, right? You know, what is your path? Where are you going? Who are you as an employee? Um, but who are you as a person? Where do you want to be? And I think that we oftentimes do not look for sponsors as women. Men always mm-hmm. do. Men have mm-hmm. sponsors. There are tons of statistics about how often a male is sponsored. But women tend to not go after a sponsor. Maybe we go after mentorship, but we don't look for that person who's going to sit at the table and sing our praises and put our name forward. And they are two of the most crucial things you need for your career. And so there's a lot of ways you can go about, you know, finding a sponsor. Um, 
but it's really about, it has, there's a lot of different components, but there's a lot of good reading and education out there about how to have a sponsor. But I just thought it was important to come up and, and bring up the topic that there is a difference and we need both. You absolutely need both. And so I encourage you, if you don't have a sponsor, you don't know who your sponsor is, make sure that you go out and you find who your sponsor is mm-hmm. and who's kind of putting their neck out there for you. And is that finding a woman to sponsor you or to find a man to sponsor? Can it be either one? Either one. I mean, you know, and quite honestly, mentorship is not a woman-to-woman gig only, right? And so sponsorship mm-hmm. is the same. Oh, I have had phenomenal male mentors and phenomenal male sponsors. Um, So I think that it really comes down to finding someone who sees your worth and understands you and what you're trying to achieve. Exactly. And someone who knows you do a good job. And that's... One thing that I often wondered, I mean, they've talked about how this is kind of an, uh, a gender-based sort of thing, that the men go and play golf together or uh, have a drink uh, after work or something like that. And those things often don't work for women, especially if they have families and children. Um, how can women uh, have that personal connection uh, as they're trying to find somebody to mentor and or sponsor them? So I think that there are a lot of, when you look at the stereotypical feminine and masculine stereotype of, of, of characteristics that we have, um, there are a lot of really incredible female traits and characteristics that make us fantastic mentors, just the way you were talking about, you know, the caring and giving and seeking the best for your community. But unfortunately, there's also something, have you heard the term the lobster effect? No. Uh, Well, I I did personally, but uh, explain that. That's a great term. So, you know, the the saying is, and I don't know how accurate this is, how truthful, but apparently if you put a group of male lobsters in a bin, they will help one another out until they've escaped. But uh, apparently if you put a group of female lobsters in a bin, they will hold each other down and suffocate because they're all scrambling to kind of get out. Mm. And people use the lobster effect as an analogy to women in the workforce. Because unfortunately, I think we do have all these fantastic nurturing and building traits. I mean, we, we're by nature, I think, more caring, compassionate, understanding of individuals. There's stats that back that up. Mm-hmm. But when we are faced with, when we look ahead of us and we see one position of leadership or whatever, maybe one woman's in leadership, we all start to fight against each other. Mm-hmm. And so I would, rather than just to go to play golf, or meeting, I would encourage us to just more so see each other less as competition and more as collaborators. And something I loved that Dr. Helpern said during our meeting was, have you ever been in that a meeting and you say something and then, um, you know, two, two conversation pieces down, a male says it, and then everyone yes. goes, oh, yeah, 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 good idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's happened to me more times than I'd like to admit. And so her and her other female colleagues got together and said, this is a problem, and so we're going to stop it together. So, you know, if Dr. Helpern said something and made a point and, you know, Two comments down the line, uh, one of her male colleagues said it. Another woman would jump in and be like, 
that's like Dr. Helpern already said, you know, something where it supports mm-hmm. that, hey, I hear you, girl. Like, I heard you. That was a good point. Um, we're not going to let them kind of walk over us here. And I mm-hmm. loved that because instead of competing against each other or letting other right. letting people squash them, they work together to build each other up. Um, right. So I actually... I, I don't know that it's a thing or a place we can all congregate to put together. I think we need to start showing the caring and compassion that we have yeah. inside of us. I guess what, as you were talking, I was thinking maybe within the organization to volunteer to be on committees and, you know, different things that maybe isn't in your job description that takes you a step further and then gets you in contact with people who can see you uh, more clearly as yourself, but also in a working uh, situation is kind of what I was thinking of. I'm hoping that as the new generation of women come behind us, that um, these problems will have been talked about and addressed, and maybe it's through the education, I'm not sure, but uh, I'm really hoping that um, coming generations will see themselves as being equal and see themselves as being um, just as legitimate at the table, maybe more. So... um, Go ahead. No, there's no denying the idea that my soapbox to stand on will be that with the community and something like women in healthcare, we are stronger. Um, so by having people like Joyce in my life, I'm a better person, right? And, and right. having uh, my whole network that I've gained through this experience, I'm stronger, I'm smarter, I'm better at my job, and, and others are too, right? right? And so I think that getting more involved and getting closer in those relationships, like you were saying, um, board positions, uh, mm-hmm. joining uh, our more senior level individuals. Uh, we've gotten a lot of back from our C-suite individuals that it's lonely at the top. Mm-hmm. And on our advisory board, they have an opportunity to come together and collaborate and talk mm-hmm. and be with each other. So, you know, it's even right. leaders are looking for that mentorship and guidance. And so on their advisory board, they get to come together and do that. Um, right. We have you know, opportunities like an industry council, whereas where organizations get to come together with our organization and brainstorm about how we make change. And so that's the best way to like make a real impact, right? Or be a member, sure. be on a board. There's just lots of great ways to get involved. Yeah. And there's a whole area on our website where you can look into how do you get involved with women in healthcare. Wonderful. Would you say the website again? Um, it's www.womeninhealthcare.org. Okay, great. And Joyce, um, we are coming to the end. If there was one thing that you could share with um, nurses and healthcare practitioners around the world, what would that be? What do you want them to know? Well, I'm going to get on my soapbox for a minute. (laughs) Leanne, I was delighted that this show goes out internationally because I worked five years in international healthcare development and became aware that Outside the United States, the nurses was a less well-respected profession. Where mm-hmm. in the United States, every year they what's the, there's a questionnaire. What's the most trusted and respected profession? Nursing is either one or two every year. Yep. So I'm hoping by this type of collaboration internationally, um, as nurses, we can lift everybody up. So. Hopefully, over time, that's going to happen as we connect with more of our colleagues outside of the United States. Fantastic. Thank you for saying those things. Those are right in my my thinking 
basket also. So, Ashley, um, with with a couple of minutes uh, to spare here, uh, what's one thing you'd really, really like to know, have uh, nurses and healthcare practitioners know about this topic? I really have to say I think that there is so much power in bringing diversity to the table and bringing individuals from different walks of life and different backgrounds into your decision-making, and they make us all better, and we all rise together. So just making sure, I mean, until we truly change the needle and see more women at the top, we're going to have to create change and make a conscious Mm -hmm. effort to make sure those people are seated next to us. So think about that as you're creating your teams and your leadership teams and you're structuring, um, you know, your path or you're you're maybe working on a project, a facilities project, right? How important it is to bring in that diversity, a nurse perspective, um, Mm -hmm. an individual so that you are having a more well-informed process and a more well-informed organization. Um, I'm hearing, and I had someone on my show um, quite a while ago uh, that was talking about the 20,000 uh, nurses on boards in, by 2020, and I haven't checked back to see where that's all at, but I know that they were getting closer and closer, and the idea is not just uh, healthcare boards, but nurses on any board in any corporation or organization across the country and around the world. So I think that's just an incredible, and it goes back to what Joyce was saying, where we are trusted and people look to us to be uh, looking out for the best interests of more people than just uh, the organization itself or individuals in it. Um, I wanted to mention too, you had mentioned Ashley on the break, that this is not just, uh, at this point, it's mostly in the United States. Um, Do you want to just briefly mention um, where else it's happening now? Sure. Um, so outside of the U.S., we are starting uh, some traction in Canada, so we'll have a Toronto chapter soon, um, and we've also been collaborating in Uganda for some time on a very different level, but with a very great impact um, about helping to educate and um, bring women to the top with some leadership skills and management skills. So, um, yeah, we are glo- we are. Going global. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Uh, It all takes a little time, but really this has gone pretty fast. So I want to thank both of you for an exceptional episode today. And I'm just really so happy to have met you and for you to be able to put out this information. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Leanne. Great. So we are at the end of the show is my least favorite part of the show. But I do want to just remind you that I have a new website, onceanurse.com. And I'd like to encourage you to go on, take a look. Uh, I have a blog, newsletter, uh, some general notes to the world as things come up to me. Uh, If you're someone who would like to be a part of this program by sponsorship, I'm going to ask for it. So uh, or if you know somebody who's looking for a great cause, please contact me at leannevoiceamerica at gmail.com. And um, for 2020, I am in process of um, supporting nurses all over the globe. So the two areas that I'm trying to throw out a challenge and encouraging anybody who has um, a, a desire to help nurses um, to contribute to one of a, a two scholarship funds that um, I've put out on my website. Um, 
so these are for uh, people that might not be able to be nurses otherwise. Uh, one of them is for, uh, well, actually, I don't have time to go into it, but just go to uh, my website, once a nurse, www.onceanurse.com, and check out uh, Nurses International and a scholarship for uh, University of Minnesota uh, in under the name of Frances Mackay, who is a uh, the first uh, African-American woman in Minnesota to receive a nursing diploma and received a four-year education degree simultaneously. So pretty incredible, and we want to um, honor her. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope to see you back next next week. Uh, this is Leanne Meyer from Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, Exploring the World of Nursing. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with your host, Leanne Meyer. Be sure to join us again next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a productive and insightful week.